It was then that it happened, and the course of our lives would change forever. When I think back, we all had a somewhat different description of the exact events, but the first thing I remember was a soft, static noise that caused an uncomfortable ringing in my ears. The sound became more intense, and I could actually taste it. It was like when you were a kid and put a 9-volt battery on your tongue. Quiet! What's that sound? Robert called out. Then a sequence of lights, similar to an aurora borealis, swept from one side of the cave to the other. It felt as though it were trying to embrace us. Our headlamps immediately went out, but the light was still there, more intense now. As quickly as the sound and light came, they were gone. We all stood there speechless and in total darkness. I didn't know if I should feel scared or relieved, but I was glad it was over. What the hell was that? Now what do we do? I asked, startled. We tried our lights, but none of them worked anymore. It couldn't have been the lights. They were LED, so the only other explanation was that the batteries had died. Jacob called out to us, Are you all right up there? I called back, telling him we were fine. Were we? I was scared. I couldn't see Kim or Kiera. Don't move! You could fall down the hole! I yelled out. Then from below, there was a green glow. Jacob had broken a green glow stick he'd been carrying in his backpack. I'll say it again. What the hell was that? cried Andy. I don't know, said Jacob. But let's get out of here. Kim pulled her iPhone from her pocket, hoping to use it as a flashlight. But like everything else, it was dead. Tom, Andy, and finally Jacob made their way up to us. Once we were all together, Jacob pulled a small wind-up flashlight survival unit from his pack. He wound it, and we all watched anxiously as it glowed to life. It works, so whatever happened sucked the batteries dry, Jacob said. We had one light and one glow stick. We were desperate to get out now. We worked our way to the cathedral. Once we arrived, we got ready to head up to the surface. That sucks, Tom said. Does anybody's watch still work? Mine stopped. We all looked at our watches. The only one who still had a working watch was Jacob. It was an eco-self-powering solar watch, which started to come back to life when we shone a light on it. Jacob said he would take the lead and be the first to climb back to the surface. As he pulled on the rope, it gave way. What the hell? I remember him pulling the loose line down toward him. It just ended. Using the light, we looked at the end. It wasn't cut, or it didn't look cut, at least. It just looked like it ended. There was no carabiner or not. Nothing. This isn't good. Jacob gave out a deep sigh. Tie the rope off on me, and I will try and climb my way up and out. Once I make it, I will call down to you and pull on the line. Jacob started up the long tunnel to the surface. 
we quickly lost sight of him, as the light from the outside world shone down on us regardless of it being 150 feet away. It blinded us. We waited. It seemed like forever until we felt a pull on the rope and heard the faint sound of Jacob's voice calling down to us. One by one, we started up. I pulled myself toward the light as I quietly prayed to get out of this hell. Within a short while, I was lying on a hard rock, trying to catch my breath and crying simultaneously. We were all out and very lucky to be alive. The sun felt warm and comforting on our skin as we sat there, speechless and in shock, just taking in the fresh oxygen that we had been deprived of in the cave. It was then that Jacob pointed out to us that the small lone tree we had used to tie our line was no longer there. 